0: You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. What is going on, you guys? Hope that you are doing well. Hey, this is going to be most likely the last podcast of 2022 um, as we wrapped up our final regular service last night at Young Adults, and uh, it's a standalone message. It's always a little interesting to try to come up with a standalone message because there's so many different options of what you can talk about. But we're walking through an Advent reading plan on the Bible app right now as a ministry, and it was just too hard to get away from some of the things that Tim Mackey and uh, the folks at Bible Project were talking about. So they inspired um, this message. Advent is what we're going to be talking about a little bit uh, this week. Advent is something that I personally haven't celebrated a ton. Um in different or in, in intentional ways, I guess, um, definitely bought Advent calendars with the chocolates and all those types of things as, as a kid from my classmates or sold them myself and, and then proceeded to crush all the chocolate in like one or two days, not waiting for, for one a day and actually taking stock about what the Advent season meant. And the Advent season simply kind of comes down to this. It's a period of preparation. It's a, a celebration of what is to come. And uh, it it brings up a couple different things that I think that we can apply to our lives today, that I know that that we can apply to our lives today. Um, And so we're going to look at a couple different words, lots of scripture, um, and see how we can engage with those things as we walk out, not just this season, but also how we walk out uh, the lives that we are living. So a word that we have to look at as we think about Advent is the word anticipation. For thousands of years, the Jewish people waited for what was to come. They knew that there was a promised Messiah. They knew that there was a soon-coming king, that there was this tangible anticipation that they lived for or lived with for what could be. And so I want to ask this question to start. Am I living, are we living lives of anticipation? Are we living lives of anticipation? The truth is that no matter what life looks like right now, it will not be like this forever. Maybe you hear that and you're really encouraged because life is not what you want it to be right now. And you kind of feel like you're in a valley or a dark place. And you're like, thank God that this isn't what life is going to be like forever. And then there's some of us who feel like we're in really good seasons. It's seasons of growth, health. Um, we we just feel like it's, it's good relationally, vocationally, whatever it may be. And we hear the phrase, life's not going to be like this forever, and we, we can get discouraged because we just want to stay here. If life could just be like this forever, then we would be pretty happy with that. But the truth is that life will not be like this forever, that life is made up of seasons. And sometimes those seasons last for days or weeks, and sometimes they last for years. But we cannot get away from the fact that life will not be like this forever. Life is constantly moving. Is constantly shifting and it's full of those different seasons. So, what can we do and how can we anticipate within those seasons? How can we engage with anticipation in the midst of whatever season we may find ourselves in? The first way is that we can anticipate that pain will not last forever. We can anticipate that pain will not last forever. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. The, the suffers of, sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. Unfortunately, our human lives are going to be filled with plenty of things that we wouldn't have signed up for. Whether it was physical pain, sickness, relational brokenness, self-imposed trauma, or trauma that was imposed onto us by someone else, life is difficult. Life is is hard. It wasn't supposed to be this way, but but when sin entered the world, it wreaked havoc on what our lives were going to be. Because our humanity, our human brokenness, has caused in us uh, brokenness. Our our brokenness has caused brokenness in other people, and uh, this is not the way that God had intended it. But this is the way that God ha- or the way that it is until God returns and makes things perfect. And so we have to understand that we can anticipate that the pain that we may be feeling right now will not last forever. Because Paul, writing to the church in Rome, is steadfast in his belief that present sufferings don't even hold a candle to what God is going to do. Paul is talking about his present sufferings. He's talking about the present sufferings of the church in Rome. He's talking about what we as human beings have and will continue to, to experience until Jesus creates heaven back here on earth. And so we have to understand that our present sufferings do not hold a candle to what is going to do. And if we believe that God is truly in control, then we get to live with an expectation and anticipation of what is to come. If our life is difficult and full of tribulation, we do not have to camp in the mindset that says this is how it will always be, because scripture is crystal clear that what is cannot compare to what is going to be. And if we believe that that is true, if we believe that what is cannot even compare to what is going to be, then we also must believe that this is true as well, that we can anticipate not just that pain will not last forever, but we can anticipate that the good is just a glimpse. We can anticipate that the good is just a glimpse. I know that it can be really easy in seasons of joy and growth and health to want to just stay here, but our current season isn't the finish line. It's just a leg of the race. There's a posture that is displayed in the book of Micah by the by the prophet Micah that that I want so badly to have a posture in my own life, that I want so badly to be a posture of our community at FC Young Adults. Like I want that so bad. And in Micah chapter seven, verse seven simply says this. It says, But I will look to the Lord. I will look to the Lord, and I will wait for God, the God of my salvation, because my God will hear me. My God will hear me. So that when we think about having anticipation that God is the good is just a glimpse, we can we can believe and, and stay in the truth that, that each of us would know that God is capable to do more. God is capable to do more, that the good is just a glimpse. About ten years ago, um, I was an intern here at the church and we were in a staff prayer. And, uh, it was just a really incredible season of life. I, I was an intern, I was wrapping up, um, my internship. And then I had been offered a, a part-time job here at the church, which I was not expecting, but I was super excited for my wife, Larissa and I were expecting our firstborn, um, in just a couple months. And man, it was just, it was just such a beautiful season. Like, it was just like, man, everything's adding up. Like God is faithful. Like I just felt so good. And we were sitting in a staff prayer and we circled up in a couple small groups and, um, we, uh, we talked about what was going on in our lives. And uh, they got to me, and they're like, hey, what, what could you use prayer for? And I was like, I'm just thankful. Like, I just want to like, just have a prayer of thankfulness. Like all of these different things are just going right. Like life is just good. It was just one of those unique seasons where, where it didn't feel like there was anything dragging me down or, or whatever it may be. And and so we start to pray and, and a guy starts praying for me that I uh, worked with and just an ama- amazing friend. And, he starts to thank God for all these things. He just starts to list all those different things. Like thank you Lord for the job opportunity. Thank you so much for his wife. Thank you so much for his his soon to be child. Thank you so much for for all of these things. Just listing it off. And then he pauses and he says, "But God, do more. Do more." And there's something in me that's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." Like, "No, no, no." Like, "I don't want to be like I don't want to be greedy here. Like, I don't want to have a prayer of greed." Like and, and he just continues to just say like, "Lord, do more." Do more. Like, that is so good, and we're so thankful for it, but do more. And what I've got to experience over the last 10 years of ministry, the 10 years of my life, like, my wife and I, are, I have been married for over 12 years. Uh, we have three beautiful children. Like, ministry is good. Like, there's just so many good things in our lives. In the last 10 years, haven't been perfect. It's had its ups and its downs and its trials and tribulations, but, but man, I, that, that prayer of do more is something that has stuck with me because no matter what is going on, Lord, I'm just like, Lord, would you just do more, do more in our city, do more in our ministries, do more in our fr- families and our friend groups, do more in my own life. Like just do more. I know that you're capable of doing more. Even in seasons of good, would we not be complacent? Even in, in seasons of growth, would we not become apathetic? Would our cry to the Lord always center on the fact that he is able to do more than we could ever ask or imagine? Now hear me, I do not mean that we should never be content with the Lord, but there is something to living a life with a holy discontent. A holy discontent until we become who God has fully called us to be. A holy discontent until every single person on the planet knows how much they are loved by their creator. A holy discontent until we have been formed and transformed into the people that God has called us to be. Until our communities have been formed and transformed into the places that God wants them to be. We have a, a holy discontent. I fully understand that, that this is a fine line to walk because we want to be incredibly thankful for what God has done and is continuing to do. But we also want to have anticipation towards the truth that we are just scratching the surface for what could be. At the beginning of the year in January, we transitioned uh, the name of our, our ministry. And it was college-age movement. We changed it to FC Young Adults um, for lots of different reasons. But it gave an opportunity to, to have a conversation about what our mission and our vision and our values were. And one of our anchor verses here at YA is Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If you're in a season of good, thank God for the good. But live in the anticipation that God is able, that God is able to do immeasurably more in you, and that God is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more through you. So in this season of Advent, we get to, to live with anticipation, and that anticipation can be and should be rooted in another word that Christmas uh, often brings up, that the Christmas season often highlights, and the, the word is hope. The Bible Project uh, that we talked about at the beginning of this has an amazing word study video on biblical hope, and I would really encourage you to go check that out. And One of the statements that they make in the video is, is what I want to use as one of our sermon points is that, that biblical hope is based on a person not on our circumstances. Let me say that again. Biblical hope is based on a person, not on our circumstances. We have to lock that into our minds and our spirits, our souls, like that we would understand that we have hope in what the future is going to look like, not because we have determined that the things going around us indicate that we should, right? We look at the world around us and we, we, we pray like on earth as it is in heaven, Jesus, like, would you come? And we look around our world and we're like, this doesn't feel like heaven. There is division and brokenness and pain and suffering. And there's so many different things going on in our world. And if our hope is attached to our circumstances, if our hope is attached to what is going around us, it does not indicate that there should be any hope at all. But our hope is not attached to our circumstances. It's not rooted in the things going around around us, but because we are rooted in Jesus in the hope that he provides It's important, it's so important that we understand that hope is not optimism. Hope is not optimism. Hope is deeply rooted in the faith that we have in Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah. The king that the Jews believed would come, did come. And we believe that he came, and we believe that he's coming again, so we don't look at the world around us and attach our hope to circumstance. We attach our hope to Christ, because he is our hope. Hope is a purpose, person, As we walk through this Advent season, my prayer is that we would anchor to hope-filled anticipation. Hope is mentioned well over a hundred times throughout Scripture. It's a virtue that we get to cling to when we follow Jesus. And Scripture is really clear about the why when it comes to our hope. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. To the hope that we profess for he who was, pro- who was promised is faithful. You see, his faithfulness leads to our hope. His faithfulness leads to our hope. I was recently having a conversation with one of our young adults. Great dude, loves Jesus a lot and is going through a ton of stuff. Lots of trials, lots of tribulations, so many different things going on in his life. And I would, I would kind of try to give some pastoral advice and he kind of shut it down. Like He was just in a spot where he was just like not receptive to it. So I stopped him um, at one point in our conversation. I just looked him in the eye and I was like, I need you to think about this. And I just made a couple statements about a specific situation that was going on in his life. And he said, those things kind of make sense to me. I think I can get on board with those things. But here's the problem. I just am not a very hopeful person. I was not a very hopeful person person. But the problem was this, is that he was using hopeful and optimistic interchangeably, which is completely understandable. But as followers of Jesus, we have to remember that we are hopeful because he is faithful. We are not hopeful because we're optimistic. We are not hopeful because of our situation. We are not hopeful because of our circumstance. You see, even when life seems to be in the valley, our hope is not anchored to our situation, but our Savior. And we have to have a posture of hope. Even when it's easy to be pessimistic, we can still be hopeful in a pessimistic season. We can say, man, I don't know if that person's going to change, but if I could introduce them to the hope that I have, maybe they actually would. Our hope is not anchored to a circumstance. It's anchored to our creator. It's anchored to our savior. Romans chapter five, verses one through five says this, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We boast in the hope that is the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Jesus does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The last point this week is that this hope, this hope will not disappoint us. This hope will not disappoint us. We've all heard, we've all said the phrase, I just don't wanna get my hopes up. I don't wanna get my hopes up. But when it comes to this hope, when it comes to this hope, can I pose a challenge to us all? Could we be fully committed to being people who get their hopes up? That when it comes to Jesus and when it comes to this hope and what he is doing and wants to do in us and through us, we would be unashamedly hopeful. I'm not saying optimistic. I'm saying hopeful, hope filled people, people that look at Jesus and say, I am anchored to who you are, not what my situation is. I'm anchored to who you are, not what the world around me is doing. I'm, I'm anchored to who you are, not the circumstances that would indicate whether or not I should be hopeful or not, but that in all circumstances we are hopeful because this hope, Jesus, will not disappoint us. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And it says, but do this with gentleness and respect. And our answer, our answer for the reason that we have hope can simply be this. I have hope because it is not attached to my situation. I have hope because it's attached to my savior. I have hope because he is alive and he is active. And what that means is that my hope is alive and active as well. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.